0: You are listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Chronic kidney disease is so much more prevalent in the African-American population. Why is this so, and what can be done about this? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, your host. And with me today from sunny Honolulu, Hawaii, is Dr. Irene Agadoa. Medical Director of Nephrology and Medical Affairs at Amgen Incorporated, based in Thousand Oaks, California. Thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Agadoa.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on your show.
0: Um, I was very excited to hear that Amgen is partnering with the National Medical Association for this initiative to address uh, chronic kidney disease in African Americans. However, my um, as, as a practicing physician, when I hear about a big pharmaceutical company or biotech company that's taking a role in a, uh, an initiative like this, I get skeptical and wonder, is there some secondary gain?
1: Uh, well, Amgen, as a company, has been involved in nephrology for over 17 years. We really are dedicated to improving the lives of patients with kidney disease, and we do that in a variety of ways, a variety of formats, through education, through unrestricted grants, through support, and by partnering with the National Medical Association, we really just felt like it was another way to reduce the burden of chronic kidney disease and end-stage renal disease for patients and their families. You know, Amgen sort of as a research initiative and some of the things that we look at is longevity or really how do we improve the lives of patients with kidney disease? How do we ensure that they live the longest, healthiest lives possible? So those are some of the things that we look at in research and what are the different sort of practice patterns that you can modify to help patients live the longest and healthiest lives. And partnering with the National Medical Association and other organizations like that is just another extension of our commitment to uh, patients with chronic kidney
0: disease. Well, I think that's a very important goal to have, and, and this sounds like it's going to be a very effective way to start to target this issue. As, as a primary care provider and for primary care providers across the country, what tips would you have about addressing this issue of chronic kidney disease with our patients, particularly with African-Americans?
1: Just, you know, increasing your awareness about the disease, sort of understanding how do you look for it and how do you detect it. It's simple, I think, just to do the initial screening. If you have a a patient that's a minority, like an African American, Hispanic, Native American, or Pacific Islander, those minority groups are actually are at an increased risk for chronic kidney disease, as well as any patient that you have with diabetes or high blood pressure or a family history, such as, you know, a sibling or a parent with chronic kidney disease or on dialysis. So that's sort of a good starting point of who to look at. Mm -hmm. And then just doing things like checking the creatinine and from the creatinine, calculating the GFR, um, looking for protein in the urine, and then really doing your best, as, as most earn, internists do, to manage their diabetes and manage their uh, blood pressure to, you know, guidelines that are specified. I mean, those thing, initial steps, I think, are key in really helping to, like, stem the tide of the increasing prevalence of chronic kidney disease.
0: And when I think of some of the basic things that we use for both hypertension and, and control of diabetes, nutrition and exercise, I, I think that there may be, in, in parts of the African-American population, more challenges there, just socioeconomic economically in terms of getting good food, getting nutritional advice, uh, places to exercise. Is is that part of it?
1: Definitely. I mean, I think when you look at African-Americans as a whole and, you know, where do people live, what's the socioeconomic status, you know, education about disease, education about lifestyle modification – you know, those things often aren't aren't there, aren't readily available. So it's very important for, you know, internists or nephrologist or any general practitioner who has, you know, African-Americans in their population to sort of educate them about steps that they can take to improve their overall health. And, you know, nutrition is very important. Exercise is very important. All the things that help you combat obesity, combat high blood pressure, combat diabetes are going to be very important in helping to combat chronic kidney disease.
0: I also think of the cost of of certain testing, urine proteins, the follow-up glycohemoglobins, and uh, the cost of medications. Uh, We'd love to put everybody on an an ARB or an an ACE, uh, but those can be expensive medicines compared to diuretics. And Any hope or comments on that?
1: Um, I think... I mean, for some ACE inhibitors, some of them are generic, so I mean, that's going to reduce the cost significantly, and there's all sorts of programs to help ensure that people can have access and get the medications they need. So I think it just starts with, you know, an awareness on the physician's part of what are the medications that the patient needs to be on, and then sort of compliance on the patient's perspective of understanding, you know, why do I need to take this medication and then, then the initiative to take it on a daily basis.
0: Yes, I guess that, that education is important in so many things that are asymptomatic. Why am I spending money? Why do I have to take this? Why do I have to potentially put up with side effects for something that I can't feel or sense right now?
1: And it's a good point because chronic kidney disease in earlier stages, like we, as we mentioned before, can be silent. And um, that's why it's really important to let people know, you know, even though you don't feel anything, Uh, you could be potentially missing half your kidney function and not even know it. And I think there's a lot of awareness in America in general about, you know, high blood pressure, what's my blood pressure, doctor? You know, what's my hemoglobin A1C, doctor? What's my blood sugar? But, you know, people don't generally say, you know, what's my kidney function? Mm -hmm. So we're really successful, I think, in in our educational initiatives over the next few years. You know, people are going to start to ask those questions when they come to the doctor's office, and I think that's going to be extremely helpful and extremely impactful.
0: Are there things that individual practitioners can do either on a local level or on a broader level, even a national level, to uh, speak out for some of the programs that we, whether it be nutrition, exercise, getting pharmaceuticals in their hospitals in, 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 with Congress? What advice do you have there?
1: I'll address just, uh, just two things. So one is Amgen also supports another organization called the National Kidney Foundation in terms of providing them grants to implement screening programs. And one of the programs that they've implemented is called KEEP, or it's it's essentially a kidney early evaluation program. And they do screenings throughout the country where they um, try to really target potential areas where there's an increased prevalence of chronic kidney disease and try to get people screened, I'm sorry. And um, the screenings are free. Anyone that, you know, wants to to find out more about it, they can go to www.kidney.org, and patients can look in in their particular city and find out where screening is going to be. But also for internists who want to participate, Often, what's offered at these screenings is an opportunity to talk to a healthcare professional. Mm-hmm. And so, if there's an internist who's educated about TKD, wants to help, they can volunteer to go spend, you know, the day or spend a couple hours at this particular screening and really, uh, you know, have a touch point with patients there. So, I think that's an excellent way to get involved.
0: And the screenings do they involve a blood pressure check, BUN, creatinine, urine check?
1: There's two different. Ways they do it for for sort of the the bigger screenings where you're you're kind of getting all comers, mm-hmm. they really do sort of just the initial screening. So they'll ask you, you know, what they'll see if you you're at risk. Like, do you have diabetes? Do you have blood pr- high blood pressure? Do you have a family history? Those kind of things. And then they'll do like your blood pressure. They'll do your, your body mass index or your BMI. Maybe a couple other things that, that are a little bit easier to do and just and sort of make sure that they have you followed up with a, a doctor to sort of do the next level of testing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the full creep screenings or the comprehensive ones, they do, you know, do a blood draws and check your glucose, and they check your creatinine, and they can calculate a GFR, and they've done even cholesterol screenings. So those are actually more full-on comprehensive screenings for patients that are identified as at risk patients.
0: If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and I'm speaking with Dr. Irina Agadoa, the medical director of nephrology and medical affairs for Amgen Incorporated. We are discussing chronic kidney disease in the African-American uh, and other minority populations. Was there another initiative you were going to mention in addition to the KEEP screenings?
1: Well, yeah, you, you had asked me a question about um, Congress, and uh, as I said before, Congress is looking at changing the way that they pay for dialysis services, and they essentially want to, to take money out of, you know, out of the pool of money that they're using to pay for dialysis services, and, and use it to pay for other things. And we're just concerned that, you know, any sort of initiative that Congress wants to implement should really be tested, really be piloted, to ensure that you know, the subsequent changes don't adversely affect patients and don't adversely affect the physician's ability to, develop, to deliver quality care. Particularly when you look at small dialysis organizations, oftentimes, you know, they may be, you know, marginally profitable at best. And if you are changing the way that they are, the sort of the way that they get revenue, they may not be able to stay open. And so if you're a small dialysis organization and you're in a rural area or you're in an area where there's a high minority population and you have to close your doors, you know, what happens to those patients? Where are they going to get dialysis? And already, you know, even if, you know, your dialysis center was next door, it's still very time-consuming. You have to go, you know, three times a week, four hours a day. Imagine having to travel, you know, an hour or two hours further. So... I mean, I think it's really important, I think, for positions who want to be involved to understand sort of the policy issues. And, you know, you always have the opportunity to contact you know, congressperson, send them a letter, send them an email, call, whatever, and state your position. Because I think they look to their constituency to see, you know, what do what the positions in my area think about these issues?
0: And, and to your knowledge, is, is there a specific committee or uh, it best uh, just to address your, your local congressperson?
1: I mean, there's there's a House Ways and Means Committee that looks at looking at these um, financial issues, but I think it's it's, it's always good to to address your particular congressperson in your area. And then if you want to, you know, take the additional step to look specifically at committee members, that's, you know, that's fine, too.
0: And changing gears a little bit, are there any new things on the horizon, either through Amgen or that that you may know of otherwise, that may be helpful in protecting kidneys uh, in African Americans and other populations?
1: There are a couple of things I think we're looking at, because we do have products that are used to address the complications of chronic kidney disease, and there are some things that are on the horizon for us that I think are really going to be helpful in more effectively managing some of the complications, such as secondary hyper parathyroidism, or bone disease that's associated with uh, chronic kidney disease.
0: These are things that are in development now, and we may see uh, come to clinical trials soon? Yes. Uh, Dr. Agadoa, I I realize that Amgen has been supportive of a consensus panel. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: So, Amgen provided an unrestricted grant to the National Medical Association, uh, and the National Medical Association convened a consensus panel to look at chronic kidney disease and its impact on African Americans. And they published a consensus report, which was made available at this meeting at the Nas- at the annual Convention of the National Medical Association, and it really goes through, you know, the problem, some of the statistics that I mentioned that, you know, African Americans are only uh, 12% of the U.S. population, but they make up a third of the patients with kidney failure. So it goes through some of the, you know, risk factors and some recommendations for how to address the problem. And it also talks about some of the policy issues that are being sort of tossed around in Congress and and how those policy issues may um, inadvertently um, affect minority populations.
0: And in closing, any other messages you'd like to convey to the primary care doctors across the country about either screening or treating chronic kidney disease in minority populations?
1: I think just, you know, being educated, being aware of, you know, who's the patient population that's, that's most at risk and, you know, what are the things that I can do? And like I said, understanding the risk factors like diabetes, high blood pressure, checking for GFR, not just looking at the creatinine, checking for protein in the urine, managing those comorbid diseases as best as they can to try to prevent progression of chronic kidney disease I think is really important. And I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for involvement, whether it's with the National Kidney Foundation, whether it's with the National Medical Association. And um, Amgen as a company is going to continue to support these organizations as we really do work and try to address, you know, chronic kidney disease and improve the lives of those patients.
0: I want to thank Dr. Irene Agadoa for taking some time out from the NMA, National Medical Association, meeting in Honolulu to uh, talk with us about this very important topic of chronic kidney disease in minority populations. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.